HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Whole Foods Market. For more information, visit WholeFoodsMarket.com. I'm Greg Blaze, host of Cutting the Curd. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. We talk about food. We talk about music. With musical dudes. Finger on the pulse.
Hello. Welcome to Snacky Tunes. I am one half your host, Greg Bresnitz. Hello, and I am your other half your host, Darren Bresnitz. Calling in from Kauai. Yes. Um, Happily, thank you to my wonderful and amazing understanding wife for letting... First thing that I want to call in for our 250th episode. I was pretty so, sure thanks to my amazing brother for holding it down while you've been getting married on the honeymoon. But yeah, I guess no, wife, I'm, wife I'm, I'm gonna shout. I'm going to shout out my wife and thank her. Uh, but I will <laughs> say ha- ha- happily, happy uh, sibling day. Is it happy sibling day? Yes. National, possibly international, but it is happy sibling day according to the internet. Oh, well, the internet has never been wrong once. Um, welcome to episode 250 of Snacky Tunes. That was Mary Lattimore, uh, or a.k.a. Mary from Philly, uh, who has brought our first harp into the studio. We figure we might as well mix it up. Um, and she will be uh, meditating and jamming live in a little bit, which we're really excited about. But welcome back. Third time's the charm. Noah from Mile End, Black Seed Bagel, Grand Army. Fellow lover of all things salted and cured, welcome. Thank you once again, guys, for having me. Um, if, and, and I just want to say a big congratulations to Darren and Anna. Yeah, well done. Welcome back. Oh yeah, it's the yeah. first time he called her his wife on air. Yeah. Well, she 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 is my wife, and she is amazing, and I love her very much. Oh, I see a theme. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's not just a technical term. Yeah. You know, it actually means something more than that. Yeah. Yes, it uh, does mean a lot. Um. So. Uh, if any of you devotees of Snacky Tunes uh, recall, Noah uh, was on uh, when we first met you, when Mile End was kind of getting its uh, uh, legs underneath it, as you will. And then you came back to talk about the cookbook. But so much has happened since then. Uh, Black Seed Bagel, Grand Army, Living. Yeah. It's... Um, a little girl named Sandy came and knocked knocked on your door. Yeah, that happened. Yeah, it's yeah. been a while. So um, let's, let's kind of get some things out of the way. Let's talk about Black Seed Bagel first and just kind of... Give people the the rundown because uh, it it kind of has saved some of us like an eight hour trip uh, up north. Well, it's um, they're they're sort of Montreal bagels. They're hi- they're hybrid bagels officially, technically. Um, so Matt uh, Kliegman and I we got together and we um, started Black Seed um, Bagels, made the old fashioned way. Pretty simple uh, application of. Uh, of the idea of a bagel shop and you know the idea like everything else that we try to do is is uh to do sort of the simple things simply and really well and you know we are doing our best over at black seed i think we're i think getting better every day so um always a work in progress but it's been really fun and i really i really enjoy being in the bagel business versus the the meat business what's what's the difference well it's you know the you know, water and flour is a water and a, flour. Yeah, the honey. Go over get the honey. The honey too, but the honey is you know it's a small component. But yeah, but yeah, I mean, the you know the meat business is not that easy to be in these days. The cost of uh, meat is very expensive and going up in price, and the the, the cost of flour is relatively stable. So now, you know. for those who who aren't most familiar with a Montreal style bagel, who some. And, Consider the best bagel in the world. Can you tell people the difference between a Montreal style bagel and what they might consider, you know, a normal American style bagel? Well, let's get a few universal rules out of the way. One, yeah. bagels right. always shaped by hand. 
Okay. You know? Okay. Like a really good bagel has to be shaped by hand. Not by a machine. Not by a machine. There's a certain like pressure that your hand delivers to the dough that a machine doesn't quite do with the same nuance and and that's just that goes for Montreal and uh, New York bagels and, okay. and bagels everywhere. Universal rule number one. Universal yeah. rule number two. Number two is um, you always um, boil a bagel and then you always bake it afterward. So there's no like steam conveyor um, cooking type device that is going to recreate the two step process of boiling and, and baking. Uh, and then really. Um, at that point, that's when, you know, the, the two traditions diverge, which are both um, legitimate traditions and have their own places in people's hearts and, and minds. Sure. Um, so just to get the, com- the competition element out of the way. Um, <laughs> uh, the, yeah, so Montreal bagels have um, uh, a similar diameter but a much larger hole. Uh, they're proofed for a lot less time. Um, so they're denser and they have uh, a, 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 a kind of a higher chew. A, a, the texture of the inside is a little bit um, airier and stretchier, um, if you will. The, uh, the bagel is baked, uh, sorry, it's boiled in honey uh, and contains honey in the dough and um, baked in a wood-burning oven. Very seated, you know, right. both sides, uh, very like strong, strongly yeah. flavored based on its exterior coating. The, the New York bagel is, uh, is boiled but without honey, um, has malt in the dough instead of honey, um, has a little bit of salt, which Montreal bagels don't have, and then those are baked typically in, they're called like, con- they're not conveyor ovens, but they, they do these like this sort of uh, horizontal rotation type mm-hmm. oven, and, um, and they're usually a little bit less seated, I've found. And they don't have sticks to pull them out. Those long, beautiful. Oh yeah, those. Well, th- those boards actually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have peels, and then we have those boards. Those boards get beat up, and they're not actually that beautiful. But I, the peels are nice. I'm kind of curious, like how many boards uh, you would go through in a year if you were just to stick to the the boards. We go through about 60, 60 to seventy boards a year. Is there a certain type wow. of wood that's better for it, or is it? Uh, we use just like a, a good like. Like we use oak because it's um, fairly heat resistant. Rel- mm. Like it doesn't char as as readily as like um, I don't know, some as pine or something like that. Do you re- do you reuse that wood when uh, it's just time to fire up those bagels? When it's you get like a, a traditional send off in the oven? <laughs> yeah, like uh, yeah, we we sh- we shoot off uh, rifles and yeah, no, I, I, those those typically get recycled at the end. Yeah, they're a little too destroyed <laughs> by the time we pull them out of commission after the two month mark. And the black seed, uh, like I feel like I see the bagels everywhere. I feel like you guys have like a really, have really kind of like uh, entrenched yourself in like the the local market. That's like, oh, these bagels, of course, are black seed. There's a few restaurants, there's a few stores you can get the the bagels, but you know, it's um, we're you could say hanging on for dear life on the production, and you know. Um, you know, bagel making side in the sense that it's uh, it's a laborious process and it's tough to, you know, train people effectively uh, to to perform the task. So we don't have a ton of bagels to go around even at this point. Um, having two ovens going, but we're yeah. we're working on it, and we'd love to figure out how to get the bagels out there to a greater extent for sure. And, yeah. and so, what's the response been to, you know, people who you know, New Yorkers are. 
I don't want to say opinionated, but I will say have their strong like dedication to either a bodega to a certain, you know, bagel shop. You know, have have you had some converts over the last uh, since you've been open? I hope we've had some. Con- I think we have. <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah. I mean, I mean the it would, lines it would, would seem, the lines would look would say it would seem some that comments. we yeah it, see, it would <laughs> seem that we've converted some, but we haven't converted others. I mean, a couple weeks ago, Mimi Sheridan tweeted at us that it was, you know, just like really she she really did not like it, you know, like really <laughs> really didn't like it was like really harsh words. I can't even remember. Um, we saw her speak today. We were at the Jubilee earlier. Yeah, she's uh, she's good. She's got an opinion. <laughs> she sure does. Yeah, no, I, I, I've... Uh, anyway, whatever. She, she's Mimi Sheridan, and she's permitted to have her own opinion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, not everyone loves them. Not everyone likes the idea of us, um, you know, taking a different avenue towards bagels, and that's fine. But I mean, like, if you're going to open... It's the same. It's like, if you're going to open up a bagel shop in New York in, like, 2014, 15, 16, you can't just be like, okay, we're like, you know... Well, some people, I mean, some people would disagree. Some people would be like, you know, what's, why does everything that opens nowadays have to be like a, quote unquote, like a gentrifying concept, you know, like people think of what we do to bagels as a gentrifying what do you, type of thing. What do you mean? Uh, I just think when you like, when we, you know, when you open the, when we open these village store, that was something we were really sensitive to is people being like, this is a, you know, a, a, a gentrifying enterprise. We're moving into a neighborhood. We're bringing a product that um, is an everyday product for most people, and we're doing it at a slightly elevated cost um, because we're doing it really at a elevated cost, you know, to the business. Right. I mean, but that is like, and we don't have to get into that argument. But that is like better ingredients, you know, different process, not like mass mass production. Yeah, it takes a lot more people to roll bagels by hand than it does to feed it into a machine. Yeah. So. Um, what are they calling? Hold on. Are they refer- referring to Lower East Side and gentrification in any sense of the that term? And seeing how it's like 2016. Uh, I mean, of course, everyone's just sensitive to the the and and don't forget, we took over a space. You know, I actually noticed in the in the rec- in the um, um, recording room, the studio room, whatever you call it the room that we're not in right now at the radio station, <laughs> there's a photo of uh, the D Robertus um, pastry shop mm-hmm. from, I mean, must be at least that photo was probably at least 90 years old. Right. And that's the space we moved into. Right. So, you know, people see that space, clo- you know, closed down for business and then us open in it. And obviously their, their first instinct is to, you know, draw attention to the fact that our bagels are a quarter more than if, you know, the at the average bagel shop in the neighborhood. Now, a quarter to most people doesn't seem like that much more money to spend on something that, you know, is being made with specific care, with specific ingredients. But to other people, that's a real amount of money uh, sure. to be spending on bagels more. And, um, you know, and that's just something that's, that we're sensitive to and that is uh, is challenging. And so, and, and even going back to like the Mimi Sheridan thing, it's like there is an old school belief in New York City that it's a place of of certain institutions that um, define the city and are you know in a way are gonna should and ought to live on forever. And I I believe to some extent in that too. But you know, but another yeah, bagel, another type of bagel is allowed to open it's, ultimately it's in New York, index. and it's <laughs> it's the classic bagel index. Yeah, it's yeah. like the price of milk, the price of eggs, and the price of bagels. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, well, we're going to take a quick musical break, and then we're going to talk about uh, Passover, uh, 420 Day, Grand Army, New Chefs. I mean, we get the <laughs> that, list. That was just one idea I put out there, 420 Let's, Day. Just as, I, I mean, just it's figured it's, it's coming up. Yeah, it's you coming know? up. I mean, I don't it. partake, but we can We, we can, can talk, talk about can how talk others about may. <laughs> others may. Yeah. Um, so this is... Uh, one of our all-time favorite guests on the radio show, um, Avar Simone, uh, oh, yeah. who were uh, oh, you Mary, yeah, no, do you love them too? Uh-huh. Okay, Mary loves them too. Uh, live on Snacking Tunes, and then we'll be back. Can't stay away. 
Today's program is proudly brought to you by Whole Foods Market, America's healthiest grocery store with more than 400 locations throughout the United States. Download the Whole Foods Market app on your smartphone for recipes, sales, information, and digital coupons. Or visit WholeFoodsMarket.com to find a store closest to you. Have you listened to A Taste of the Past? It's a show devoted to connecting our current food world with its storied past. Host and culinary historian Linda Palaccio welcomes chefs, scientists, authors, scholars, and revolutionaries into the studio to discuss food culture and history from around the globe. Have you seen the culture of food change over the past 25, 30 years? It's been incredible. Linda covers content ranging from the history of black chefs in the White House to behavioral psychology and the evolution of Italian food in America. You can listen to A Taste of the Past anytime on HeritageRadioNetwork.org or on iTunes and Stitcher. Oh, my God. That show sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, in. yeah uh, welcome back to Snacky Tunes. Um, so as my mom and Jordana Rothman have both informed me, Passover is upon us. Um, yeah, uh, April 22nd and 23rd yeah. for those who... I'm wondering. Who are part partake? Um, Who partake in Passover? You uh, you always do something fun for Passover at the restaurants. Um, you know, what kind of goes into your thinking for planning a, a Passover menu that you can serve to the, the larger public? <laughs> Whoa, easy up there on the uh, yeah, on easy the, on the, on the mouthpiece Dan. there, Darren. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> um. Uh, Passover, yeah, no, we, I mean, we try to keep it pretty simple in the restaurants, that's, um, just because that's often what people want, is just to symbolically celebrate Jewish holidays by simply eating food that could sometimes be construed as Jewish, um, and then we, we try, in the past, we've done a few, um, really fun seders with Mitchell Davis, who's also a host here at Heritage Radio, um, at the Beard House, He's uh, hosted a number of Passover Seders in the last six years. And this year, we're very excited to actually be hosting our own um, with our uh, our friends over at And 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 in the West Village. Um, mm. It's going to be a nice um, sort of, we're calling it an unorthodox uh, Seder in the sense where it's, it's both uh. unorthodox <laughs> and also... Uh, we'll be reading uh, from the unorthodox Haggadah, which is written by Nathan Phillips. And serving bread. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so unorthodox is bread instead of matzah. No, there'll, there'll be real matzah actually from, from actually not real, not rabbinically real, but real matzah from Black Seed, from the wood ovens of Black Seed. Oh, oh you, that's yeah. great. Can you, are you, will you be selling matzah during the uh, internal Passover? Uh, TBD. Uh, we're, yeah, no, no, no promises on that front, but, uh, there will definitely be, uh, black seed bagels, matzah at the mile end Seder. Uh, what was the recipe testing like for making your own matzah? Uh, it's, I mean, matzah really is like flour and water, <laughs> like literally, like, absolutely. Like. So you had the ingredients. <laughs> exactly. Like there's actually not. Uh, much else in there, so you know you just sort of go for it. I mean, it's you're basically making crackers. Okay. You, you know, use um, um, what's it called? Those little rolly. Uh, anyway, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, you, you roll it out really, really, really thin. Make a super thin cracker. I mean, I'm a I'm a purist. I just like plain matzah. My dad loved egg matzah. I could never get into it. Well, I understand the egg matzah. I love egg matzah. I mean, it's got a little richness to it. It's like a meal. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like. Um, not exactly like a meal, but but plain matzah is 
pretty gross, Greg. I mean, let's... I don't know. I mean, I think that butter and mom's strawberry jam is kind of like, you know... That's not plain, though. That You're you're adding fat and sugar. I mean, I'm just saying, like, the base. Yeah. But... We, uh, we be adding a, be a doing, Are you guys going to be doing any uh, matzo brai? Or that any was my like, question. You know, any special, special, like, matzo dishes we'll during def- Passover? Yeah, we're definitely going to do matzo brai, which we always do. And uh, we'll do... Um, I don't know what else we're going to do, actually. I say that, but, um, yeah, well, we always offer matzah um, as a substitute for bread, which is something that I first did at Schwartz's in Montreal. Mm. I'd go in mm. on uh, Passover. They would serve it on, on matzah if you wanted, and I thought, well, that's just a great idea. It's a know? really great idea. Yeah, why not? Huh. And, um, wow, my mind's kind of blown that they're just like that forward progressive up there i thought like nothing would change yeah their, no it's, it's their menu. yeah that happened yeah it's, it's and, and is this uh, passover uh open to the public yeah yeah no it's totally open to the public um you can buy tickets via our website um it's on brown paper tickets uh it's it's gonna be really fun We're, we have um this sort of this awesome uh jewish mystic type dude who was the rabbi um the shabbat rabbi at burning man and <laughs> Uh, as you know, Jordana uh, and Ray speak very highly of uh, of this one Shabbat service that they attended at Burning Man this past year, and they they insisted that I, I reach out to him, and I did, and he's coming. Um, Great, Mikey Pauker is coming from Oakland. It's going to be super cool. And, That's amazing. And That's him, amazing. him, and and it's what's cool is that the unorthodox Haggadah is is somewhat irreverent about the whole. You know, like yeah. it, it takes us through the story, but. In a, a pretty kind of questioning way, mm. and um, and Mikey on the other hand has such a, a sincerity and a earnestness to his approach, and I I think it's going to be a really nice contrast, and all that coupled with a really delicious meal yeah. of like roasted lamb shoulder, like braised shanks, mm. um, sun choke salad, bunch of stuff. Uh, um, that sounds delicious. It's going to be really good. It's very very uh, des- it's the desert food. Uh, I want to make sure that we talk about Grand Army just... Just a nugget. Just a nugget. Wait, wait hold on. Before we, we swap over to Grand Army and we walk away from uh, my line, uh, shout out to having Trudeau come by. The, oh, yeah. Uh, JP. The, the, oh, my God. JP. The, the, uh, first off, that uh, shot of you and Joel. So You guys look such like good, good Brooklyn boys shaking hands, kissing babies with with uh, the PM. Yeah, well, it was obviously an honor to have him, and we thank him so much for uh, coming by the restaurant. We met him a, a, a little over a week earlier, actually, in Washington. He was there for a uh, state, the, the first state dinner with a uh, Canadian prime minister in 19 years, which is, I think, a mind-boggling got, That's statistic. crazy, yeah. Um, and you got invited to that as well? Well, no, we weren't invited to that. No, no, <laughs> come on, please. <laughs> uh, like, check your enthusiasm a little there, uh, Darren, but... Uh, no, we were. There was a uh, an event the night before that was thrown for the prime minister by some progressive uh, groups in D.C., and we were invited to uh, to come to that and serve some smoked meat. So we got to meet him that night, and then he promised to come by the restaurant if he was in New York ever. And sure enough, he was in New York like eight days later, and he came by the restaurant. Does I mean he has Amazing. Secret Service, right? Yeah, he has like Canadian version of Secret Service, which is just like. A couple bros, and then there's also Secret Service. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Did they sweep so, like, the rest? Not, Did not the like whole restaurant just like thick, big mounty, right? Like on a moose. No, there were none. no moose were uh, were hurt in the visit of Myland. 
Um, no, there was, you know, there's like obviously some like regular Canadian security folks. Um, but the restaurant was, was actually open. They did sweep it in advance, like uh, earlier in the week. Um, and there was a tremendous amount of security surrounding the restaurant and in the restaurant. But ultimately, most guests that were in when he arrived were in and were okay with it and were pretty psyched. So it's pretty awesome. Yeah. So um, we only have a, a couple questions left, but Grand Army, one fun fact that you could impart to us about your newest endeavor. Oh, God. One fun fact. Yeah. Well, I mean... Well, how about this? For people who don't know what Grand Army is, what is it? Grand Army is a neighborhood neighborhood cocktail bar uh, with really great food in Borm Hill. Um, This little little bar um, was opened by um, Julian Brizzi from Rucola, Damon Bolte. Uh, who has his own show on this network called The Speakeasy. Um, Damon. And also um, the one and only Daniel Krieger. Famous Love Daniel. Love famous, Daniel. Famous photographer. Um, and myself. And it's just a neighborhood venture from some guys in the neighborhood. And it's supposed to be uh, just a fun place um, to get drinks and to eat. Uh, our chef Brad is doing awesome stuff in the kitchen. And uh, it's just just a chill, fun, good vibes type place. All right. Then my one fun fact is, um, what is like one of the more over, overlooked things at the restaurant that you wish people paid more attention to as an owner? As an owner. Well, we – I mean I think a lot, a lot of people have noticed, but we do have one of the best toilet seats in the entire – restaurant business in New York City, I think. Please go on. I've been... Listen, there's a lot of cool toilets in New York City restaurants, like certain spots have really good toilets. They have a good one here at Bunker. They do, yeah. And, you know, there's, like, places that have the Japanese toilets, um, which, as some know, like, have um, certain spray functions, uh, cleaning, paraphernalia, whatever, mm. what have you, you know, flushing options, etc. Um, our toilet seat is... has a hologram on it. It's a hologram toilet seat. Okay. Of uh, don't give it uh, all away. Yeah, but let's just say it's a really good hologram. Yeah, and it really fits, like it that, fits the vibe in there. Well, there's like some ninety nine cent store hologram toilet seats that you can get. No, this was like a this was like a forty five ninety nine on on Amazon type hologram. But here's the best part: is that we actually bought it not knowing it was a hologram. Oh, amazing! And then it arrived and it was a hologram, and we it felt like we won the lottery. Yeah. You know, it it really the, the amount of joy that it brought to the whole group was. Really outsized and sad, but hey, but real takes all kinds. Well, we want to thank takes you for, kind. <laughs> uh, for coming back for third time. Um, very quickly, run down the social media and see where people can find you for all of your endeavors. Oh, for for well, okay, yeah, uh, myelandeli.com, blackseedbagels.com, and grandarmybar.com. Pretty straightforward, very straightforward, and same with all of our handles is at myelandeli, at blackseedbagels, and at grandarmy. Well done. Yeah. Really well done. Well, thank you. We're going to um, play a song by one of our other favorites, Colin Self, who we are dying to get back on after his time at Bard. Uh, and then we have Mary uh, Lattimore, who will be playing live and talking about Philly and all things that we didn't discuss before taping because, you know, got to keep the magic alive um, here on episode 250 of Snacky Tunes.
Oh man, we got to get Colin back on. Uh, Mary, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. Um, Philly. Yeah. Let's just get that out of the way. <laughs> uh, let's just get the also the where do you get your cheesesteaks? Oh, I don't eat cheesesteaks. <gasps> what? Uh, cool. All right, let's get this out of the way. <laughs> oh man, any vegetarian? Go what? No, not oh, not for the, I just don't like cheesesteaks. I don't. I don't eat a lot of like. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Favorite pizza place. I like Pizzeria Badia okay. in Fishtown. As we just said. And also Philly-style bagels. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thanks for coming up. Thanks. You've been having five days of adventure in New York. Mm-hmm. Where did you go record uh, store shopping? Record Grouch. Okay. I went there today. What'd you get? Oh, what did I get? I got an electronic hole um, reissue. And a, um, I got a Zelda record. Turkish psych lady. And nice. Yeah, yesterday I went to Academy. It was fun. Just hanging out around here. Yeah. Spending money. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what the city does to um, So I saw you about, like, was it four weeks ago, five weeks ago for yeah. your record release? Mm-hmm. It was really amazing. Love Matt. Love Sam. Oh, yeah, me too. Um, the show was really incredible. Uh, I, I'm curious, like, I mean, obviously, this is our first harp. Uh, does your harp have a name, by the way? Nah. Okay. Harpy. Harpy. Okay. <laughs> um, how did you develop your style of playing? Because it's, it's incredible. Thank you. That's uh, so nice. Um, I don't know, just like trial and error, I guess. I just started using effects um, a couple years ago and just messing around, you know, experimenting with them. And um, as far as it goes, like, I mean, obviously you've trained on the harp, but like, when did you start adding in the distortion pedal? And like, when did that kind of, or like, how did that get integrated into your playing? Mm, Yeah, I studied classical music. And then um, when I moved to Philly, I started playing music with um some bands there uh in a project that was um, making a new soundtrack for a czech new wave film called valerie and her week of wonders we sort of did a reimagining of the soundtrack and went on tour with that and there were some musicians in that ensemble that um one in particular for saxa she's my friend tara burke and she was messing around with um like the line six and you know she makes very beautiful um, haunting loops and vocal loops and keyboard loops and uh, so we started playing together the two of us along with the cellist and it sort of came out of playing with those ladies I mean do you uh, switch back to just no uh, no pedals yeah sometimes uh huh and I write a lot of parts for bands like f- for recordings that aren't effect laden sure. like that like um you know they're just like normal harp parts yeah but what you like better both? Oh, okay. I love it all. Yeah, I love it all. Um, can we hear... Well, before we hear something, um, what I really liked is, like, it's, it's when I w- was watching you play, it just seemed like you were following your own kind of inspiration. Yeah. That, like, the loops inspired the next loops, and it was, like, mm-hmm. really beautiful to watch them, like, blend into each other. And it was cool to see, like, you pick, re-pick up themes and, mm-hmm. like, kind of go back to things and everything. So, like, um, how... Like, what is your kind of thought process, or what are you listening for as you create the pieces? It's all very, like, impressionistic and very personal. So, I don't know. I, Yeah, you're exactly right. Like, one thing just sort of leads to the other and another. And um, I, don't, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> it's just messing around. <laughs> um, can we hear you mess around? Sure. Okay. Thank you. 
So your new record at the dam, um, which is out on Ghostly. Big yep. shout out to Sam, who is amazing. Hey, Sam. And Amanda. <laughs> Hi, Amanda. Shout out to Ghostly. Um, you used it. Uh, you were a recipient of the Pew Center for Arts and Heritage grant, mm-hmm. and you used it to record the record. Um, yeah. Be- before we talk about the recording process, um, let's talk about the grant. Oh man. Uh, yeah. Tell us. Take us through the process. Yeah, that was the happiest thing that's ever happened to me. It was so, <laughs> so awesome. It was so killer. Um, you. It's a, a grant. It's a fellowship given to twelve people in Philly each year. So 12 artists, like, so it's visual artists and poets and musicians, writers, you know, playwrights, um, choreographers, and uh, 12 people each year get this, but it's done through secret nomination, and so somebody out there sort of watches you and sort of sees your trajectory and um, how serious you are about what you're doing, and then they nominate you to apply. So then you apply, and then you go through this process, like where you, where there's a panel of different people who sort of present, who look at your application and then present it to other panels of people. You know, so it's all really complicated. But eventually, they announce it, and I want it. Wait, so you you have no <laughs> idea who nominated you? I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Really? Uh huh. And so, like, there's no real way that you could, like, kind of, like, influence them. People just... Right. That's really incredible. Yeah, it's cool. Um, And then, so, like, once you're nominated, though, um, did you have to say, like, what you would do with it, or... Nope. No strings attached. Really? Just, like, a chunk of money, and... Yeah, it's awesome. So you could just, like, pay rent. I mean, not just pay rent, but, I mean, that's a huge... You can quit your, like, five part-time jobs and just focus on music. Not that that's what you did. I right? quit three of them. Okay. <laughs> Which two did you keep? Well, I was I worked at a record store for a long time in okay. Philly, AKA Music, and mm-hmm. it unfortunately just closed last year. But um, I kept that one, and then I kept a job as sort of a personal assistant, babysitter, assistant mm. um, person for a while. But I just quit it too, so I'm jobless and well. really psyched to just like play music for a living now for. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. And and the record was recorded over a road trip. Mm-hmm. So how did you, I mean, again, given going back to your songwriting process, like what you just did in here was so incredible to watch, <laughs> but how do you codify that into a record? Well, um, my whole thing was like, I wanted to take the money from the fellowship and have something substantial, you know, like a actual item that can't, you know, like a, a keepsake that came from that whole like two years of having the fellowship um so i took my harp and my volvo and i drove to la and i drove the southern route so i stopped in all these towns and i got a sort of a informal residency in joshua tree so i was out there for five days and then i stayed in marfa for five days marfa texas and then um, and then went out to altadena outside of la and got an Airbnb there and recorded there. So I just had my laptop and garage band and Really? <laughs> yeah, I just sort of vibed off of like the the landscapes and stuff and just feelings. Where was your residency in Joshua Tree? It was it's called the Thousand Points of Light residency. It's just this woman, Kiara, who opens her home up to visiting musicians who are um, you know, who she decides she likes their, what they're doing. And did you see friends along the way, or was mm-hmm. it like a solo? Okay. Yeah, yeah, and I traveled with a really good friend of mine, Natalie. She drove with me out to Joshua Tree, and then I left her there. She was doing something there. <laughs> Bye, Natalie. <laughs> <laughs> she might still be there. <laughs> um, but then, so, like, you know, again, it's like, when, you know, when did you, 
for writing the record, it's just mm-hmm. it's just interesting for something that's so improvisational and it's so based on feelings. How did something feel? ready for the record versus like that was just like a really good um jam oh i don't know i mean (laughs) it's um i just saved everything and and there's a couple things that didn't make the record just for time wise time wise you know (laughs) only a couple things like it would yeah i know (laughs) i know some of the songs are kind of long but um you know there's like good moments in all of them that you don't want to delete just because it's like a long song i don't know but uh yeah i mean there's like a few things that didn't make it on, but in general, it's it's more like a scrapbook, you know. Hmm. Sort of captures like that place and time. So, do you hear in like in the various parts of the songs? Do you like hear a memory or an mm-hmm. emotion? Yeah, I I hear how I felt when I played it for the first time, you know. That's great. Um, can we hear another song? Sure.
I just had a so beautiful. Hey, thanks. Super, uh, it's incredible to watch you, watch you play. <laughs> um, I just had a, a thought: if someone has like a favorite track on the record, there's no way they'll ever see you play it live, right? Yeah, yeah. I played one from the record. Okay. Um, I'm gonna play another one. I think. Yeah, you'll hear me play it live. It's like general themes, a bit yeah. improvising on the general. Okay. Idea of the song. Just kind of curious if it was like all like uh, all moving forward, no looking back. No, no, no. Yeah, that song. Um, that one right there, that one um, I wrote for the astronaut, Scott Kelly. Oh, dedicated? <laughs> dedicated to him. Does he, he spent know? 300, yeah. I wrote to NASA, and uh-huh. I sent them the song, and they sent it to him. Really? And he liked it. That's awesome. And he's going to use it in a slideshow of space. Oh, wow. I mean, it's perfect space music. Yeah. It's really good space music. Um, so the record's been out for five weeks? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, since March 4th. Yeah, so um, what uh, what comes next? What's the summer look like? I'll tell you. I'm going to Europe on Thursday. Okay. I'm touring with a Canadian Amazing. band um, <laughs> called Great Lakes Swimmers. Oh, yeah. They're a Canadian folk band. Yep. I know those guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Cool. Yeah. Are, no, they, are it, they nice? I'm going to be in a van with them for like a month. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, they've been around for a long time. Yeah, long mm-hmm. They're yeah. old school. Old school band. What uh, Noah's not saying is that he played in bands in a former life. Oh, cool. From Canada. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I'll be with them for a month, um, and then or maybe three weeks, and then I'm gonna spend an extra week in Vienna in Austria. Then I'm playing on um, May 18th here at Union Pool. Love Union Pool. Um, opening for Marissa Nadler. Do you know her music? Beautiful mm-hmm. singer. Yep. Um, it's her record release show. So that's, that's coming. All, where up. are you? Uh, where are you hitting in Europe? Oh, all the places. Um. Uh, going to Barcelona for the first time Fantastic. in Madrid like I've never played in Spain before so that'll be cool I mean just like try to like play your set and just get out to go eat afterwards yeah man because they eat late right they eat late but they're trying to do it with, <laughs> with siesta eat real late oh yeah and it's like 
end of an era. That's like that it, siesta was like the hope that the rest of the world had for oh a better man. future. Yeah. Then like right I, yeah, and now this, <laughs> one day the, everyone's like, I can't wait to work towards that, and they're like, it doesn't work. <laughs> we can, we can't. Siestas. Yeah. They're, they say it's uh, not productive for their economy. That is crazy. Huh. Yeah. Shoot. Yeah. It's a uh, it's a big it's huge. There yeah. should be a protest where everyone just takes one anyway. There was a protest, but everyone was sleeping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was during the siesta. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, we're gonna we're gonna let you kind of like take it. To the moon and back okay. on this last one, but um, where can people find you? Where Thank can people you. get the record? How do they? I mean, you're Mary Philly, which is I can't believe that's my Instagram, which I can't believe was not taken. I know, man. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna move in October. I'm moving to LA, so I have to come up with a new Instagram name. You could just oh, say yeah. Mary from come, Philly. Come hang out with uh, yeah. us out in LA. Okay. Um, I'll see you there. Okay, so there. But uh, where can they get the record? Where can they? Um, track they can get it? it off the Ghostly website, I think. Um, and where else? I don't know. At the show, Perfect. I guess. Yeah, come say May hi. May 18th. Yeah, come say hey at Union Pool. Um, well, we want to thank everyone uh, to the Heritage family uh, f- and to all of our guests for the last 250 episodes, uh, which is kind of nuts. Yes. Um, but, so, you know, thanks. We could, we thank really, you, everyone. Really thank you to done Jack, that. Aaron. <laughs> thank you to Patrick Martin for that amazing uh cup of coffee and Bloody Mary at Lodge seven years, six years ago, seven that was, years ago. That was Jack, not Patrick. Just, just I thought... No, <laughs> just, just to fix huh. your memory. Um, huh. And thanks to Brandon for introducing us to the Heritage family. I mean, we'll probably do this. You can get it right at 300 in like a year from now. We'll, we'll work on our story. And a uh, big yeah. shout out to my girlfriend who heads back to Berlin tomorrow. I'll miss you. Um, okay. I mean, it's, do you want to dedicate this uh, this last one to anyone in particular? Um, uh, I don't know. I okay. My mom. Oh, okay. That's a good one. <laughs> um, all right. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, and we will be back next week with another episode of Snacky Tunes. Yeah. Thank mm-hmm. you.
Talk about food. We talk about music with musical dudes. Finger on the pulse, snacky tunes. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes Store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.